0: Hello and welcome to the Bits show. If you're having trouble keeping up with Bitcoin, blockchain, and all of these crazy DeFi cryptocurrencies, then this may be your show. So tune in and relax and hopefully you'll enjoy this. We have an exciting episode with Munir from Paraswap. Paraswap.io, which, of course, not to give anything away, is a exchange. So, you know, we're we're gonna enjoy learning about this exciting uh, new DeFi product. And so, you know, let's let's just get right to it. But before we get into it, uh, just want a quick disclaimer: This is not investment advice. So, any assets mentioned in the show, you should seek a licensed professional for investment advice. You know and with that in mind uh let's go right into it so uh monir uh, hi great to have you on the show
1: hi miko thanks for having me
0: absolutely so i love to start the show a little bit with uh, some of the news so this morning uh it was announced that uh, elon musk's tesla has invested 1.5 billion us dollars into Bitcoin so you know I obviously it's breaking news so uh, you know just want to kind of get from you uh, you know some of your reactions and thoughts
1: yeah huge news as I as I mentioned before I missed out on buying more (laughs) Uh, it felt like it's gonna it's gonna explode uh, in the price and yeah it was amazing and also a big um, marketing or free marketing for crypto yeah so literally every major media is talking about Bitcoin and crypto so yeah, it's it's been really great to, to, to watch that happening. Uh, especially if it's coming from Elon Musk. Like everyone literally listens to what and watches what Elon Musk is doing. So yeah, very happy so far to see this.
0: Yeah, happy Elon Musk Day. I mean, he is an incredibly dynamic figure, a very complex figure. He has a baby with a complicated name, like he's definitely a pattern breaking <laughs> entrepreneur. And, and you know, it's it's, it's really been incredibly dynamic. So, uh, you know, what I'd love to do is get straight into the main topic, of course, which is, uh, you know, you're a Paraswap. So you're the founder of Paraswap. And, you know, the thing that I'm really interested in is kind of how you describe the problem that you solve, obviously, right? Because the way that a founder describes a problem is actually pretty subtle and intriguing. So I'd, I'd love to hear how you describe it.
1: Yeah, so it comes down to defining um, what's happening today and what's going to happen tomorrow. So, if we look at DeFi today or trading in, in DeFi today, uh, it's a bit hard. Uh, the liquidity is very fragmented. So, as a user uh, who wants to sell or buy a crypto based on Ethereum right now, uh, well, they have the choice between almost 50 exchanges. So which one uh, should they choose? Which one should they avoid in order not to get wrecked? Uh, This is where an aggregator makes sense, uh, like Paraswap. But that's solving the problems of today of uh, improving liquidity and improving the user experience on trading on uh, on chain. But um, the long term vision of Paraswap and why we're doing this is we think that trading will happen on blockchains in the future and um will happen in multiple blockchains and we think that real world assets will be also traded on blockchains and we think this is where an aggregator will make more sense uh people will not be seeking like this small uh exchange that's we're gonna help them swap tesla shares for for a bitcoin or whatever Mm -hmm. else they will be trading on, on aggregators and they will be trading on the platform that will give them the best prices and the best execution. And this is what we see Parasoft solving in the future. This will happen within a few years, obviously, and we are focused on the problems of today. But yeah, this is our long term vision, and this is how we see a product like Parasoft or an aggregator performing in the crypto ecosystem or in the tr- trading, trading, I would say uh, at a more high level, In the next coming years
0: yeah that's uh obviously uh you know i love this pitch because it's very explainable right in the sense that you know there's a lot of people that have to use a lot of math to explain ideas you know to me uh your ideas are very clear and that's a that's beautiful and you know from my side you know i i I like so there's a famous austrian economist who describes basically uh you know it's it's mises and he he basically says that all economic activity flows from dissatisfaction, right? And so when we talk about a problem that we're solving, the problem is, is you know, an economic problem. So there's an infinite number of problems. Like you can solve math problems. You know, there's any kind of number of problems, but the economic problems are the ones that flow from dissatisfaction right? And so I think you're talking about trading. I think trading absolutely is filled with dissatisfaction. You know, this morning, maybe some satisfaction, but I I would say that, you know, (laughs) going towards like the, you know, sort of how is it going, right? There's a beautiful meme of how it started and how it's going. Like, how's it going? Uh, This segment is the number segment. So we'd love to understand kind of any of the numbers, uh, traction, you know, users, volumes, whatever that's associated with uh, Paraswap.
1: Yeah, we've seen a uh, interesting growth, especially last month. We did actually a third of our total volume only last month, uh, which is great. Uh, So like a hundred millions, it's still small compared to to others, but compared to us, it's really, really good. And we've seen this month playing even better. So we expect it to be, to be more, uh, we saw growth of uh, user base before. What's happened is that we have a small set of users making a lot of volume so it's typically whales and yes. DeFi whales and uh, very heavy DeFi users. Right now we started to see people coming either from completely outside, it's like their first day in crypto. Wow. Uh, they will go to DeFi and they will go to DEXs and that we've seen a lot recently. Wow. Or people coming from centralized exchanges like they are used to Binance, Coinbase and so on and they say hey well maybe if we use a DEX we will find out better prices or tokens that." are not present in centralized exchanges and they came and they found that hey i can just go to uniswap but if i go to Paraswap, i will have even better prices and better experience so that's something we started to see a lot so we have like 10x more users uh, compared to last two three months
0: that's so fantastic it's and it's wonderful yeah. to see the support so uh you know uh, what is your secret or competitive differentiation or what is your unfair advantage you know obviously uh you know there are uh, aggregators like One Inch, uh, you know, just full disclosure, my fund is invested in One Inch, but it shouldn't bias this conversation, you know, and people should always remain very open to, you know, new ideas and new companies as, as I am to you. So, like, you know, t- tell me how you differentiate. Like, how do you, I, I know them pretty well, but like, would love to understand your approach to DEX aggregation and, you know, how you, how you make a different uh, experience.
1: Yeah, so I would say um, the products in the current system, uh, like the current market, sorry, are competitors. Like they're doing something that is very similar. So the difference will be mainly on prices. Uh, One is going to give better prices than the other, or one is going to be cheaper in gas than the other. So it's like it's a race who's going to be bringing the best uh, algorithm. So that's how we spend almost uh, most of the time on each day on how can we tune up the algorithms, come up with new formulas. We have, for instance, a physics professor helping us on this. We have a guy who is really, really good in, uh, in algorithms, who is one of our core developers. So yeah, it's a lot of effort on building this up and making it uh, better. But that's the current market. But wh- how we see the future is a much, much bigger market where it will in people. Like if you see the parallel in the travel industry, uh, there is Expedia, Booking.com, Kayak, and others. And uh, each one may be outperforming others in certain user segments or certain category. This is where we see the market going. And since DeFi moves really fast, so now uh, there is we opened up new categories in a Paraswap. Uh, one of them is layer two. So we are going to build in layer two. And that's something differentiating uh, already from, from others so it will be um ck sync in the beginning and starkware later and maybe other 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 l2s and that's solving a problem not for us like not for our direct users but for api users so for guys like argent Wallets, metamask and all of those who integrated our our api are going to give a uh, a coinbase like experience to their users so they will have to push a button and make a trade and not have to pay $100 for a, for a trade. And that's a big problem we're going to solve. And that's also thanks to something that it's also differentiating us from others. It's called Parasoft Pool. And that's an RFQ system, uh, also an older book system, uh, where we have behind it, we have professional market makers who are filling trades for, for users yeah and uh, it's an rfq system or all the book and that's something unique in Parasol. so we built a whole product around this and we're going to have also new new uh, new features that's going to show up in two three months uh, where this is unique because it's like, like ours we have control over it but that's also great because we can have the same market makers deployed on any layer 2 so tomorrow we want to go into a, like a new fancy layer 2 Uh, We can just ask those market makers, "Hey guys, keep the same API, just you cannot settle on a different uh, blockchain or different uh, layer two, Uh, and uh, we can bring in a lot of users, a lot of volume, because we have that or that wallet uh, asking asking for this uh, because their users are suffering from from gas. So that's I would say uh, something differentiating in Paraswap is that we have this uh, ability." To deploy into any layer two uh, within weeks. That's what I can say.
0: Uh, I'm very happy this year with how the L2 and performance scalability solutions are kind of informing the market. Uh, Recently, we saw Kane Warwick uh, Synthetics uh, actually do a a very exciting project with. you know uh, with with optimism and you know with uh, you know Jing from optimism and her team you know they 've built a beautiful layer two scalability for ethereum you know and and we 're increasingly seeing kind of alternative solutions you know we 're seeing bridging solutions uh we had anatoly from Solana come on uh, obviously they have their serum exchange methodology supported by FTX so like you know we're increasingly seeing more i you know this year to me is the year of uh, you know Ethereum scalability, but not as direct, right? It not not in terms of you know um, just Ethereum. Uh, you know, two kind of magically appearing. It's not the case, but you know, I th- I think we are seeing layer two, and the you know the market is pushing, and the pressure is is being alleviated largely. So I'd love to kind of understand a little bit about your methodology, you know. And I would say that uh, another itch I'd like to scratch is to really understand more about your um, order book, but let's start first with your L2. So, you know, can you tell me a little bit of detail about kind of your L2 uh, provider and methodology?
1: So, yeah, we are uh, mostly believers in zk rollups instead of optimistic rollups. Yeah, but obviously, as we know, and why, uh, why is that? W- because zk rollups rely more on mathematical proofs uh, instead of game theory. That's, I would say, in a, in a, in a, in a nutshell, uh, why I this one that. is better than that one. But also, I mean, in a rational I mean, business sense, uh, we follow as an aggregator, we follow the liquidity and the markets. So if tomorrow we see enough liquidity on optimism, we're going to be there. that's I a mean, rational decision, uh, of course. Um, and also as an aggregator, we should be on multiple layer tools. We should we cannot be on only one. But like that's the definition of an aggregator. That's a norm, normal thing. Uh, so with ZK Sync, with working with Argent, uh, that's uh, we share this mindset of I mean that's not a mindset like this conviction. Sorry, with uh, with ZK Rollups and ZK Sync has been a very good fit for us. It's open source. They are building a blockchain-like uh, on, on, their, like on their on their zk-sync uh, network. So we think that it's a great fit. Uh, we're going to start in multiple steps using Parasoft Pool in, in the beginning. Um, we may also use uh, Starkware, as I said. They're going to launch something called StarkNets, uh, which is the same, similar to, to zk-sync, but that's going to happen in Q4, I would say, if not later um yeah that's the reasoning behind it is which one is the most secure which one is demanded by by clients that they're gonna use it from from day one and we have also other wallets interested in interested in this but yeah i'm telling you this maybe in three months i will tell you hey we're gonna also build on optimism because uniswap and and synthetics are there and the the there are three other DEXs that's going to be building there. It's a bit hard to manage two uh, L2s. I mean, in this case, it will be three Ls, like L1 plus two yep. L2s. Yep. To manage them, like it creates a lot of complexity. And also, as you mentioned, uh, there are um, interrupt issues, like how would you go from one L2 to the other. Yes. Um, that will be a problem that you're going to have to deal with. We are looking into some projects like Connect connect the network yeah that are creating this uh, bridge it's still i would say um in very early stages they allow only exits uh, quick exits or from from one l2 to the other but none none of those bridges allow will allow us to do a cross l2's aggregation like we cannot do uh, say there is a uniswap on optimism and a balancer on ZK Sync. We cannot like do a split order between is both there, so there, in an atomic way.
0: So you're saying that there's no project that's currently focused on solving the problem of kind of like single interface to multiple L2.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very hard problem. That but feels I, like a
0: great possible solution if there if someone yeah, were to
1: build it. We really wish someone is gonna work on that uh, because we can do it. I mean, uh, not now, <laughs> of course. But if nobody we're going to step in uh, as an initiative, but we really wish uh, someone because I think there is a huge opportunity on building uh, that kind of infrastructure. It's going to be needed, uh, yeah, very soon. If uh, if you, if
0: anyone in the audience knows about such a project, uh, you know, single developer interface, multiple L2s, you know, I I I'm happy to fund such a solution, you know, from Gumi Cryptos Capital. So you know, we're we're excited about the idea and we think it's needed. So, you know, I, I think one of the things that's happening now is exactly the developer situation you're describing, right? Which is that, that in a way, like, it's very hard to tell who's going to win, you know? And so you, you kind of have to uh, place some bets. And, you know, I think uh, in a bit like roulette, you have to place maybe a couple different bets just to kind of like get, get a spread, you know? So I, I think that's discomfort. You know, that's an economic discomfort and something someone should uh, solve. So, you know, I think that's great. I do see a lot of big players kind of making big bets, you know, FTX bet on Solana, and Kane bet on Optimism, and, you know, so people are making big bets, but, like, you know, you can, you, can, you know, maybe hedge a little bit if you're not uh, one of these players, uh, you know, because obviously you know, people, you're not in the economic business of L2, <laughs> you're just trying to solve it on behalf of your users, so, you know, you someone else should yeah. probably try to solve that problem. So, <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about sort of uh you know just uh the order book. So you know I just want to kind of get a little bit self indulgent. You know because you know I'm friends with Alex from Idex and you know obviously we all saw the SEC settlement. Uh, you know of of Zach Cobain. You know around um, or Coburn I think it was around uh, Ether Delta. Right. So you know I'd love to kind of understand more about kind of how. You think about something like order book and how how an order book can be decentralized if possible
1: so yeah um the issue with ether delta uh it was that they were running a matching engine in a centralized way they were like acting as a money transmitter like they fit in exactly into the money transmitter regulations uh, which is, I mean, yeah. I, I, that, uh, you know. Just to
0: just to make a slight, you know, adjustment there. Like the the issue that was settled on was the uh, that they were operating an unlicensed exchange, right? And obviously, like if you look at an AMM or something like that, it, you know, it doesn't match alice and bob really right it's so you know it's it's a bunch of the lps are each dealing out of their own inventory right so it's a little bit different than a pure order book but i I would love to understand your perspective on like how do you how do you
1: solve that so first of all the other peer uh, is a professional it's not a alice and bob Uh, those are professional market makers that are operating their own reserves Unlike uh, an Ethel Delta or any exchange like a Binance or any other book exchange where two traders who come to the platform are going to trade with each other and the platform will act as a centralized authority that's going to match one over the other. That's like how other how book exchanges work in, in a nutshell. Uh, but here it's different. The order book is not public. Each market maker, uh, they have their own order book of their older it's a bit similar to what kyber are doing on chain it's an off-chain variation of the kyber system so if you look at kyber any professional market maker they can come in there they can either use an amm uh, where they gonna it's gonna look like a Uniswap at the end or they can have an older book where they can set their prices and say for instance um, i'm selling eth from one ETH to ten eth at that price from ten to hundred at that price and, and so on so we have a similar system. It's just that it's auction, not not chain. That say the order book uh, that we're operating. It's not an order book where anyone can post orders, and others who post uh, like competing orders, and uh, we cannot match those. That we agree, it's a bit dangerous to 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 operate uh, today. Yeah. In in decentralizing this, we thought about it. Uh, we have some thoughts on technically how this can be solved. It's a very hard problem uh, to do in a decentralized way. So. Some projects are also working about it. There's the Xerox Mesh as well, uh, but it's very inefficient. Um, yeah, nobody has come up with a solution yet, but we have some ideas that we may maybe start uh, evaluating the next you, month. you should check out the uh, VEGA protocol white paper. It's actually pretty interesting
0: yeah. about it. There's uh, <clears throat> They deal with it in the context of like, uh, sort of mathematical ordering of, of these orders right so the ordering becomes really interesting you know because obviously you know if you look at something like bitcoin it's really you could look at bitcoin as a time stamping generator right because it's you know in the bigger picture it's a history recording device right and so because of that it has to record the truth of a history right <clears throat> and if you're actually able to order uh time flow in a distributed way, if you have a canonical time flow, then you can see who ordered first, right? So that, that so, you know, to me, like, it's interesting, like, I talked about this uh, with with uh, Sam Bankman-Fried from, uh, you know, uh, Alameda, and and his, his comment around the Solana engine was basically, if you're fast enough, you can reduce MEV, the minor extractable value, right? Which I think it's kind of a, punt like it's a punt but like you know it's it's a fair statement uh you know it's a little bit like trying to outrun you know a bear you just outrun you know you just run faster than the guy next to you you know and I I feel like to me it's not a you know I think if you like ZK uh roll up over optimistic then I don't think you'd like that answer either I mean you know I think it sounds like you're more of a mathematics uh, oriented person, you know, and I, I think there's a certain amount of pragmatism in DeFi. I, I really appreciate, though, that you did say that you're pragmatic business people first, right? So, you know, I, I think that's what I heard from you. But I think what I like is that you have a very strong base, that, you, that you're like, well, when we have a choice, we come back to mathematical principles of strong proofs and on-chain, right, which is great. And I also like that you said, okay, we looked at order book, but the order book component is not Online as a function of MEV slash front running, right? So I, I think it's it's you, you've got you've got very solid answers. I really appreciate uh, your your approach to the space. Uh, so so <clears throat> um, any any other comments on on book? Uh,
1: Yeah, I would say it's we had some we have some ideas uh, around that looks a little bit like how uh, blockchains work with the uh, incentives and, and slashing mechanisms. Yep but it's That's still in very, very early stages. Uh, yeah, I cannot say more because it's like in a very, I don't, I don't know the word in English, but it's in a very infant, infant, uh, infant stage. We, we could be very wrong. Uh, we can be very right. Maybe we can have like the Steve Jobs, the Steve yes. Jobs uh, Job idea uh, around yeah. this. But yeah, we thought about something like this. If anyone will work on it, we'll be very happy to use it anyways. Uh, but yeah, it's around how blockchains function and where you can have many operators uh, filling trades, uh, and how can you create sufficient incentives for these folks, and also sufficient uh, slashing mechanisms where you will punish uh, bad actors. The idea behind it in our in our case is that we are an aggregator, so we can beat the markets uh, right now. I mean, we our our I mean the point of using Paraswap will be you are looking to get a price that is better than the markets. If Parasoft can do it right now, it can do it in the future, but who's going to uh, like trigger this, this uh, feeling of that order? Uh, if it's us, we fall down into, into a matching engine like the, the case we have mentioned. Yep. If a network is going to do it, the question is who's going to do it first? Uh, we should not have a collision of two uh, operators feeling the same trade. And those, this is where it come, start getting interesting, and where some game theory can be can be involved, and in some mathematics maybe as well. And yeah, I'm happy to look at Intovega. I think I haven't looked deep enough. To understand how it's they it's are very good.
0: it's very beautiful and elegant. Obviously, full disclosure, my fund is invested in VEGA. but uh, you know, I personally really love their ideas, so you know, I, I that's why. And I'll, obviously, I've I've studied them very heavily, so you know, that's why I bring that up. But you know, I think it's a hard problem. It's a very interesting problem. So you know, I think uh, obviously, you know, your approach is 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 contemporaneous with these other approaches so uh you know I you gave a really beautiful segue to you know a segment that I call the big idea right which is you know what is your what is kind of the Steve Jobsian big idea you know and how do you see this you know a big being kind of a multi-decade story arc and you know how, how do you see this playing out you know what's what's your big idea
1: well, I don't have something like uh, outside of this of this field, of this ecosystem right now. That's what's taken my mind sure. uh, for the last, I think, three, four years. I'm thinking only about like my mind is only crypto DeFi uh, all the time. Yeah. So it comes down to what I said first. I think that um, finance will run on blockchain. That's like inevitable. That's something that no matter what people will say or like those uh, private blockchains, those uh, authority based the blockchain. I think that the world would run on public blockchains. Uh, That's, it seems like a certainty and uh, I could be very wrong on this, but we started to see a lot of uh, solid signs that people started to believe in public blockchains and started to understand also that crypto and blockchains are two things that go together. Uh, There is like no blockchain, no crypto. And I think those are great signs that this is going to happen I don't know when, but within the next five to ten years, we're gonna see the it's like the internet um, internet effects where we went from small Internet to to a big network, a big open network called internet, and I think that's public blockchains are the future.
0: Uh, You know, I think you're in great company. Uh, Olaf Carlson Wee from Polychain at the San Francisco Blockchain Week was basically saying that he really doesn't think private permissioned blockchains are a thing. You know, And I think that it's a very fair statement, right? Because the thing that's so fascinating is everybody in blockchain is talking about, oh, performance, layer 2 scalability, how slow, and, you know, oh, it's not like what I want. You know, the thing that's fascinating to me is uh, if you look at the slider of trust, right, like if you can trust one party, right? If you go from zero parties, I trust zero parties to I trust one party, I can give you a billion TPS right i can give right i can yeah, give sure. i can give you everything if you can just trust one party right cuz that party will just run a oracle database sitting on a huge supercomputer with you know exabytes of ram and we'll we will give you performance like you know we'll give you bananas transactional performance right so and that's one party right so like going from zero parties trust to one party trust is everything so like it just feels like you know, I guess what I'm trying to express is like, you know, you're spot on to me. Like, I, I really feel like public blockchain, you know, and you're seeing that with, you know, obviously we mentioned the Elon Musk announcement. You know, we're seeing Michael Saylor from Strategy, and like, you know, people are like increasingly like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, it's this is where the trust game is going, right, because that's the disruption. Right. It's it's a zero to one disruption, which is like, hey, guess what? You can't trust institutions, you know, so why why should we go like in this weird murky middle? So uh, public blockchain, I mean, to me, that is a absolutely gigantic idea. So like, you know, let's 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 run with that. So coming out to the inspirational section, like, you know, what are your sources of inspiration? What, you know, and especially things now, like especially like what are you? you know, what are you geeking out on now? What are the things that got you, get your blood moving?
1: Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> but that's not something you think about it too much when you're building a new product, you just go go for it and, and wake up every day and go for the next thing to, to, to be done and get things done all the time. But I think if I look at more into myself, um, why I'm doing this, yep. um, I think it's I'm a person that's also always seek fairness like to see uh, to have fairness in whatever I'm doing, like whatever interaction I have with people, whatever uh, things I use in, in in a day-to-day basis. And I think crypto and in DeFi they bring this this fairness. Um, yeah, that's like a, something we don't we don't need to teach the audience. Everyone is, is aware about this. But I think this is what's pushing me to work into into DeFi into in, in crypto is that we are finally building a system that's like natively has fairness into it. So I think uh, that's something that motivates me and makes me uh, work and go all in uh, with the crypto. Uh,
0: you know, I, I love what you're saying. I'm personally super invested in what you're saying. Uh, you know, if you go to Miko.com, what you're going to see are the words open source financial infrastructure will make the world more consensual, fair just, inclusive, transparent, and innovative, right? And and why is that, right? And it's because open source software is free software, right? And it means that, uh, you know, it, it it lowers the cost of innovation, right? And, and you know, it may, so to me, this idea of being treated fairly is so intrinsic to all layers, right? Even the layer one, it's intrinsic, right? Where, where if you don't like how you're being treated, like, fork it. Like, create your own tribe, and like and that's where consent comes from, right? Which is, uh, you know, you're using it, you're consent to using it, and you consent to using it exactly how it is. And the reason you ex- consent to that is because you like it, and it's serving you, right? As soon as it stops serving you, you there's zero barriers to, to going anywhere with it. You can just fork it yourself and be like, I'm going to go... Forget Bitcoin, it's Coin. you know, we're all going to join Coin. It's like, I oh, have zero users, you know, but like, you know, and it won't be worth anything. But like, you know, my point is you're free. You're like, you know, so I, lo- I love the fairness. Fairness is incredible. Obviously, the blockchain is the ultimate kind of source of like fairness. So like, you know, people can complain, but it's like. There's the record, you know, what do you want to say? So exactly, I love yeah. that. I love that. And and having that be a deeper source of energy, it's such a like, it's so foundational. It's such a like, I don't know, I love it. It's uh, It's it's very invigorating and, and important. It's so important
1: uh, for the space. I'm, Something I'm, also I love uh, yeah. with crypto yeah. is uh, freedom. Because uh, when I transfer money from uh, one bank account to the other to pay for bills and so on, uh since you know in crypto companies with banks uh it's not i mean they're not best friends uh (laughs) and so each time i'm wondering whether our bank accounts will be closed will be whatever will happen yeah but it's impressive with crypto how confident i am when taking the ledger and just pushing a button i don't even have to think about it it just happens and you feel like in control of your funds like uh you feel like a sovereign individual that can do whatever is best for you, for your organization, for your team and so on. But with the bank, you're like at the mercy of a big organization, of a big system that you just cannot control. And that's, that's something I found that interesting.
0: Yeah, I think the word sovereign does appear, and it's astonishing because when you go all the way back to sovereign, right, This the idea of, of sovereign embeds the word of reign, R-E-I-N, right, which is like the rulership of a king or a queen, right, and so like the idea, you know, and like the idea of sovereign, you know, sovereignty is absolutely kind of core, and I think it's a beautiful reflection because if you think about like individual sovereignty, it's embedded deeply into the consensus layer of the Bitcoin blockchain. So, you know, and obviously when I say Bitcoin, I'm really talking about kind of an exemplar of the open source principles that are reflected in uh, Ethereum and reflected in, you know, everything, right? Uh, All of the cryptographic assets that are meaningful are kind of A, open source and B, you know, derived in some fashion from, you know, like Vitalik Buterin was a writer for the Bitcoin magazine, you know, uh, before doing ethereum so like you know we all we all owe a debt of gratitude to uh satoshi nakamoto you know wherever you are you know but i think that it's uh it's incredible the way that i think you're reasoning about this stuff so um tell 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 us a little bit about any kind of like um you know if you could give out awards you know a paraswap award like you know do you have any shout outs you know anyone who you would recognize anyone who you appreciate admire you respect or any 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 folks along the way that have been great
1: well i think we would never be um i mean where we are right now without support of the community it was impressive how people were very supportive and since day one we were like literally outsiders uh, without, with zero connection to, to everyone and starts building those connections over time and how easy was it to, uh, reach anyone in the ecosystem, uh, by just like, they were all a telegram away, uh, or a message away in telegram to, to reach out to them. So I can give shout out to all the ecosystem. I mean, literally everyone or like most of the people, uh, active in the ecosystem were helping us. Uh, by either feedback, uh, I was like bugging, literally bugging some people. Hey, this is a new feature. Can you give me? <laughs> can you give me? Any, uh, any, can any, get...
0: any specific examples though, just to yeah. kind of call them out.
1: Well, you have uh, Stani, for instance, or ah, Ave. Uh, yes. it was very, very helpful uh, to us a lot. You have Marwan, founder of Unslashed. Uh, it's a new insurance product protocol. Uh, you have Pascal from Jarvis Network. He's also in the French French community. Wonderful. I mean, yes, I can. I mean, I try not to give specifics because I may miss some people and they can get angry at me. But yeah, a lot of people were very helpful uh, for us. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it was really impressive.
0: Yeah, ah, it's wonderful. And you know, that that's yeah. such a beautiful spirit of camaraderie. You know, we're all we're all kind of. Brothers and sisters in this uh, DeFi movement, so uh, you know I think that kind of uh, open outreach and help is is wonderful. And you know we've heard actually Stani's name several times. Uh, you know uh, yeah, he's great. he's he's been on the show and he you know he's very generous with his time. You know and so he's he's tremendous. And the, you know, there's obviously the others that you mentioned as well. So um, yeah, what a what a wonderful and open space it's been. So uh, tell me a bit about you know whether like this is a segment I call pocket picks right so without kind of dispensing any investment advice at all of course you know are there any small projects that you think uh you know are, are underappreciated you know exciting and and why like you know so i'd love to hear from you there
1: yeah so i like melon uh, it's now rebranded to enzyme um and uh, recently we were uh, looking at subsidizing gas for, for our users given the prices and we were going some for some big established uh, projects and which is okay. We, we may, we may do it in the future, but, uh, melon or enzyme integrated our API. We know one the founders the founder very well. And I look at the project. It's really amazing it for me. It's the future of also part of the future of trading in on chain. And I think it's still under uh, underused, uh, as it is, so uh, yeah, I will Really puts a bet. Personal, of course, <laughs> not not advice for yes. other people. Yes. On melon, it's it's really cool. I like Unslash, the insurance protocol. It's like Nexus Mutual uh, with a different model, different mechanics. It's really good. I'm biased, maybe Ave. I love Ave, so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, all in, all in into Ave. That's uh, that's uh, that's also a project I love. It's very well
0: appreciated, that...
1: though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me of the top three right now, those are the three that can come in like right away into my head.
0: It's funny in English, actually, the word appreciated applies to both the emotion as well as the price value, right? So you can say that Ave is very appreciated. You know, my original, when I said the sentence, I really meant that I really think they're great, (laughs) you know, but I think the price is also appreciated, you know, and maybe it will more. It's it's impossible to say, but I would say that like, those are great. Uh, You know, I'm excited to hear about some of these smaller projects. It gives me both fodder, for the show, as well as some, you know, exciting uh, things to study. So, you know, I think uh, obviously yeah. more uh, white papers to read, and and you know, really the the quest for you know getting to the forefront of the space. So, you know, thank thank you for that. And you you know, as a kind of prodigious user and integrator of projects, like you have a beautiful seat from which to see up and coming. Projects and to really deeply understand whether it makes sense for you or not, so that that's a great lens. So, um, yeah. So I guess uh, the last thing I wanted to kind of do is talk about your roadmap. So you know, this is kind of like Joe. I jokingly call this the leaking alpha segment. You know, it's basically you know what's coming up and when. You know, <clears throat> what's the next big uh, thing that you want to announce, or you know, do you have anything on the roadmap that people should watch for?
1: We have two i'm gonna talk only about one the second one will announce in a few weeks uh but the first one is layer two um is definitely something very important for us it's solving concrete problems for our clients uh all the wallets typically uh maybe other DApps as well and that's something we're gonna do in two stages the first one will be a simple one uh it's gonna sh- come up in say in two months and i'm trying not to give deadlines so that i can <laughs> i can i can always hold them but yes we are in, a, in an advanced phase where we can start offering at least trading on big pairs like ETH, usdt usdc and so on that should happen in production within the next two three months maximum if wow. not before um yeah that would be the first iteration with ZK sync later we will see uh if we uh continue like improving this l2 integration or going for another l two that we're gonna see, but bottom line l two is one of the top priorities of this year
0: wow, exciting and uh it sounds like you've got another one that you're not ready to come talk about, but you know when you not are yet. ready
1: uh <laughs> come on back
0: to uh, the show we'd love to dig in with you uh it's been absolutely uh, fascinating and very juicy uh, I love all the details on the perspectives on the order books on the kind of detailed stuff about uh, ZK rollups, and you know so to me like this has been really chock full of like incredible depth and insight so really 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 appreciate it uh, you know any kind of closing things we haven't covered interesting topics you want to unpack or you know should we uh, leave it like that?
1: But I I still think personally that we are in a starting point of the of the new bull markets, but I I don't know what you would be happy to know also what what you think about it, but I feel like we are still in like February to March 2017 or maybe if not, if not before. So that's something I'm still convinced, uh, convinced on. Maybe maybe if you can share what you think. Yeah,
0: I mean, I would say this, right, which is there's two major factors, right? One major factor is the total market capitalization of the entire cryptographic asset space. Obviously, we're well north of a uh, trillion dollars at, at at this juncture, you know, so it does to me, yeah. it feels like there is possible headroom there, obviously not investment advice. The second component actually becomes kind of what used to be called in 2017, the Ethereum of flippening, right? And the question becomes, how does uh, Bitcoin dominance play? So <clears throat> I think in historical terms, obviously Ether is approaching, you know, and, and has exceeded its all-time highs, but I think relative to Bitcoin, the percentages haven't been in there, So, you know, we may see kind of a potential shift. We're obviously seeing the rise of kind of, I would say, not Bitcoin killers, or I mean, Ethereum killers, but we're seeing Ethereum helpers. So we're seeing kind of the rise of the Polkadot ecosystem. You know, so we're seeing kind of increased uh, challengers, you know, things that are potentially now integrated into that uh, Ethereum ecosystem. So, you know, I think Ethereum is, is obviously incredibly, incredibly strong and powerful. You know, so I I would say that from a perspective of DeFi bullishness, you know, I think that, you know, DeFi, the segment itself, obviously is very strong. We're seeing incredible performance from the blue chips. But, you know, as far as the global Macro Like, that is very hard to predict. You know, I did not predict Elon Musk making this announcement. You know, I thought for sure it would only be about Dogecoin and not about Bitcoin. So, (laughs) you know, I'm joking. But I guess I would say that, like, in a way, one of the things I like to say is that there's uh, uh, John Maynard Keynes, uh, the economist who is maligned in Bitcoin in favor of Austrians, has really said that, uh, you know, he he created the uh, bull and the bear these animal spirits, right? And uh, I like to say that the third animal spirit, you know, and it's a hat tip to Eric Voorhees and Roger Ver who kind of introduced the honey badger, but I believe that the third animal spirit in the economy is the honey badger. And the honey badger being representing Bitcoin and all cryptographic assets is a contrarian animal. It's an animal that doesn't charge forward. It doesn't retreat and hide and hibernate. It actually does whatever... The hell it wants to do and in a way it it sort of wins by being contrarian by doing what it is you don't think it's going to do so you know because of that i definitely avoid investment advice because you know if you really gain conviction about things like asset price i think you're 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 gonna. That's going to probably cause you to be wrecked because it's it's intentionally doing what you don't want or expect, right? So I think that's that's my feeling is that that you know if you think about the honey badger animal spirit, we're seeing that reflected in price action of things like uh, GameStop, and we're seeing that reflected in a, a variety of different price actions, which is you know, for example, if you look at all the people shorting GameStop, right, like. You know, they're just comfortably predicting that this thing that doesn't make sense is going to tank. And it's like, okay, it may tank, but when? Like, when will it tank? Right. And it's like, it won't tank on your schedule. We're going to make it tank on our schedule. And you guys are going to get like, Wrecked, right so so that's the honey badger it's aggressive it's it's very uh you know it's very contrarian so I would say that from the perspective of price action you know it the event horizon is near it's very very difficult to predict you know but as far as like are we 10 to 100x more powerful as Uh, open source community than we were in 2017 we are at least a hundred if not a thousand x more powerful than we were in 2017 we have shipped more software like the things people are investing in are more real the layer two solutions are coming like hammer and tongs so like you know are we stronger we are a thousand times stronger so like you know just are the fundamentals there the fundamentals are there right but that doesn't necessarily reflect in price action so let's let's see how it plays out
1: but you know i sometimes prefer being on a bear market than a bull market mm-hmm. because it's the best opportunity to build yes and to avoid any kind of noise and that's what we saw a year ago in 2019 uh, in like q3 q4 2019 the there was like literally no noise everyone was talking only about building about software yeah and i mean it's still great right now but yeah all this noise wasn't there it was the quality of the interactions were really really good it's still great right now we have more people we are more than more people into DeFi, more builders but yeah i mean for me if tomorrow if if it beer market happens it will be uh, I will be more than happy because I know it will we will be more focused on building new things <laughs> yes of, uh, yes
0: yeah. and you're and you're you're definitely the kind of entrepreneur that we want to f- f- uh, feature on this this show because you know the thing that happens is is that things can get very frothy and you know if you really like when you answer a question like well why are you here and why are you doing this stuff and you answer it with stuff like fairness right it it definitely there's certain markets in which the answer is i want to get rich really really fast right and it's sort of like okay you know like lambos okay like but like That feels a little bit nihilistic to me, you know, and I think that the thing that really happens is that when you look at the biggest tech companies in the world, they were built during a downturn, right? So if you look at Amazon and Facebook and Apple and Google, you know, obviously Apple's a long-lived company, so it's been through several downturns and several upturns, you know, but, like, the biggest buildings happen in this kind of deep, Uh, downturns where talent is widely available like there's so much opportunity to really hunker down and build something tremendous so you know i think that's that's a great thing and that's the reason why i always ask people for their inspiration because you know what is it that gets people through these most difficult times you know it has to be passion inspiration dedication you know and there has to be something deep otherwise if it's if it's if it's oh uh, you know i i really want to get rich as quick as possible then you're gonna leave this and go do Bi- GameStop, or you're gonna do something else, right? Because it's like, oh well, this I'm not getting rich quick off of this, you know. It's like, you know. And I think that's not uh, that's not what this is about anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Wonderful. Well, good. That's a great. That's a really beautiful note. And uh, you know, let's uh, you know, you're welcome to come back anytime. Uh, especially as you start to really unpack this next announcement. You know, we're obviously excited yeah. about the L2. Uh, you know, that is a tremendous uh, achievement. It's technically difficult, you know, obviously for them, but also for you. And, you know, I think you're navigating it beautifully. You know, again, if anyone out there knows about a layer two integrator solution, you know, I'm a- absolutely happy to support such a effort financially. And, you know, we're definitely out looking for, uh, you know, great projects. So th- thanks so much, Munir. Really, uh, you know, an honor having you on the show and, uh, you know, look forward to watching your great success.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, okay. was really, uh, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. <laughs>